You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Through 25 seasons, 4,561 episodes. I believe the Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The LOLs, the moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. How are your children being affected by the disintegration of the American family? In a recent Newsweek poll, half of the people asked said that their families are in worse shape now than they were 10 years ago. And no wonder the divorce rate has doubled since 1965. And experts say that one third of all children born in the 80s will live in a step family before they grow up. On top of that, one of every four children lives with a single parent. And 22 percent of today's children were born to a teenage parent. And when it comes to who is watching our children, two-thirds of all mothers work outside the home. If you feel that your family is going a little helter-skelter, everybody doing their own thing and the family unit is falling apart, or if the people you call your family don't fit the traditional description like the Cleavers or the Huxtables, we want you all to join our Family Unity Workshop. We asked our studio audience to take several tests so that we could find out how healthy their families are. And now now we want you to test your family's health too. So get a pencil and paper and take this first test. It's called the Family Rituals Test. And the test is taken from a fascinating book written by one of our favorite guests on the Oprah Winfrey Show, Dr. Paul Pearsall, a renowned family psychologist. And it's called The Power of the Family. Paul, we're glad to have you here. Thank you. Glad to have you once again. Thank you. Applause. Thank you. I know the audience has already taken the test, and I went over the test. And what does this rituals test tell us? You know, it's a strange thing. Many of the couples we interviewed and families didn't have time to take the test because they were too busy to look at whether the family had rituals or not. Uh -huh. And one mother looked at me and said, we have the dooby-dooby-doo syndrome in our family. I said, what's this dooby-dooby-doo? She said, we spend too much time doing and not enough time being. 
So the ritual test is a measure of whether or not you really give dignity and celebration to the simple daily acts of family life or you just run right past them and have separate breakfasts, separate dinners, separate bedtimes and live alone even though you're in a group. Dignity and celebration, I like those choice of words. Well, it sounds kind of corny to say that, but we found families that would eat in quiet or fight during dinner. They'd take a bite and then say, well, how's school going? Why didn't you tell me? Shut up. Don't pick on your brother. I've had it with you. This is enough. I said, did you enjoy dinner? Well, I ate. That's really what's happening. And it's not that the family is failing. We are failing our families. And if we don't make enough time at least to sit down. Most families didn't even sit down for dinner. Yeah. That's what the ritual test is. Well, see, and I think children are in crisis in this country, but children are in crisis only because families are in crisis. That's where it starts. That's what we think, that these children just didn't refer to their families much anymore. Children are aware of rituals. Well, they'll point it out to you sometimes. They'll say, Mom, we, we always used to do it that way. Right. Or, you know, we, shouldn't we do this? Even the simple act of saying grace. I don't mean to get too pushy about those type of things, but we saw people say them so fast you couldn't tell they were saying grace. And somebody would be grabbing food. You know, what happened to the idea of just sitting down a moment? Yeah. You know, the old idea, we used to say, sit down and shut up. Okay, I, I tell you what we want to do now. Let's go through the test. Can we do that? The test of the family rituals, and our audience has already answered these questions, and perhaps maybe if you watching at home would answer these questions, you'd get a clear idea about where your family is right now. First question, does your family move as one unit when it walks as a group, or does someone drag behind? I found that very interesting, because I said, if you're walking down the street, everybody can't walk at the same time. Somebody no, you, has to be behind. You know what, behind. you want to see families go to shopping centers, and you'll mm -hmm. see these, somebody's lagging behind, the father looks disgusted. I'll go sit there, you go shop, I'll meet you in the lot. You know, if you're going to do it, do it together. Okay, now who, who answered that question, no? No? Why? Why'd you answer no? Yep. I answered no just because whenever I'm walking with my husband, he's either always pushing the child or walking the dog or whatever, so he's far ahead or far behind. And there we go, as a separate unit. Uh -huh. Who else walks as a separate unit? I know. See, some people lied on the test. I see that already. <laughs> some people lied on the test, so they want us to think they're the Huxtables. They but not only lie, but some people don't pay enough attention to it. They're so busy walking. Okay. My husband is 6'5". He always walks a few steps ahead of uh -huh. me. I'm always behind. Stand up. Not <laughs> I'm sorry. Not intentional. No, no. <laughs> I tell Stedman this all the time, too, because his legs are so long that when he takes a step, I have to take one and a half for every step that he takes. So we're in the airport, and I'm looking like we're from some foreign country walking 12 paces behind. A lot. I sometimes have to turn around and wonder why she's like a block behind. It happens. <laughs> it's because your legs are so much longer. Yeah. Okay. What does but that mean? But it really mean? isn't the walking style. Y yes, it's that certainly because I'm kind of tall and lanky too and my, and my family will lag behind. But it's the issue of the attitude while you're doing this. Is there some attempt? Have you ever seen families say, hey, come on, catch up. Let's all go look at this. Rather than I'm going to the sports store, you go to the dresses, we'll lose the kids if we can and we'll meet in the lot. It's really the attitude, it's not just the distance. Yeah, doesn't that mean in some way that that person feels s separate from you? Well, that's the tragedy. I know yeah. it sounds a little corny, but it's just like we're not really doing this together. We're going to get her clothes. She's got to get three pairs of slacks. I'm sick of the shopping anyway. The faster we get it done, the better. Somebody's disgusted. That's not doing it together. That's not a ritual. It's a routine. Routine is just getting it done. Ritual is the celebration of the doing. Okay, are meal times almost always at the same time in your house? How many of you answered yes? Are meal times always at the same time in your house? Okay. Now, how many of you meal times are whenever you can get it? Whenever <laughs> you can get it. Whenever you can get it. Yes. And is that the way you grew up? Uh, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. uh, I grew up as a unit when we, we all sit down and we ate together with the father at the head of the table. But that is not how it happens now. Well, and there used happened? to be dignity to that, didn't there? Uh, well, for one thing, my husband, when we were together, 
it was not part of his family's you know, ritual. So it sort of got passed along, you know. Everybody sat down at a different place at a different time, and that's the way we could do it now. We're taking what we call a family rituals test. It's in Paul Pearsall's book, The Power of the Family, to sort of assess, really, how far we've come and not come as families. This question, is there a ceremony before each meal, such as a moment of silence, a prayer, or some form of acknowledgement of what is special about this family being together? How many of you said yes to that question? Always. How many of you said no to that question? No grace, no nothing, not even thank you for the peas on the plate. <laughs> no? Well, I have two little kids, so it's usually pretty wild when they, you know, there's peas flying all around. And, you know, it's, it's just an effort to get them to sit down. Uh -huh. And I'm always jumping up and down, you know, getting second helpings and stuff. So. Okay. Who else is a do not? Yes. Well, we kind of eat in shifts uh -huh. because my husband works midnights, and then we have three little ones and two older ones and two eat in the living room, three are in the kitchen, one's in the bedroom. So it's like, if they do say it, I don't know. <laughs> you said it, okay. Has, it, has there been any kind of formal teaching of them to say it? Yeah. If I'm in there or something, I'll say, well, did you say your prayers? And my oldest one, she also says, say your prayers or something. But then the little ones, they don't, you know, they don't really say anything. They don't. Okay, does everybody in the family go to bed about the same time and say goodnight to everyone else when they turn in like the Waltons do? <laughs> Yes, Oprah, we had more trouble with that one than anything else. People really? would say, what a silly question. Who could possibly do that? The point is, if we don't look to those little things like that, you haven't got to go to bed because your two-year-old happens to go to sleep at 6 p.m. <laughs> I'm not trying to be kind of weird. That we have to be like the Waltons, and everybody has to be so dignified. But isn't it sad when a mother told me that when her kid says a prayer, she tells the child to yell them out so she can hear them because she's busy trying to do the dishes. <laughs> I mean, what's happened? Couldn't she just go in there for a while? Okay, you say what? What do you say? I don't, but I usually lay down with my little girl and pray with her and so forth like that. And then after she falls asleep, then I get up and uh, do my reading and finish my chores for the day. Is most of the family's stuff kept in a special place? Are gift wrappings, holiday decorations, family candles, and the things which the family values kept in a family place in the house that no one bothers? Why is that important? For example, holiday wrappings and things, and many children will say that's where we keep them. Might be down in the basement, but they'll say, that's where the Christmas stuff is, that's where this is. There's a sense of continuity, and look to your children, because they know it. Ask them, where do we keep the Christmas tree, if it's an artificial one, when it's not in use? Down the left-hand side of the garage by the uh, oil. You know, but and they'll that know. means what? That the Christmas that there's is a, a continuity to it. There's a specialness about Christmas. Rather than we get a new, you know, in, where I live, sometimes people will hire people to come in and put up their tree and decorate it for them now. To me, that's the total loss of family ritual. You're better off to just have a little twig and put a bulb on it. Does everyone in the family get up at the same time in the morning and say good morning to everyone else? No. Can no. you hear the groan no. with that? It's like, are you out of your mind? No. When's the last time everybody in the family said good morning to everybody else? You said no. Yes. No. I get up early and my children stay up half the night so they get up when they get ready to. <laughs> but I have to go to work. Uh -huh. Would you like everyone to get up in the morning and say, hello, how are you today? That would be nice <laughs> if it were possible. Okay. And what does it mean, the fact that people don't do that, Paul? Well, there's an element of sexism in this. It's remarkable how many times it's the woman who has to get up and be early and get everything else arranged, and the husband will go by and grab all this. I suggest you want to cause a little bit of disruption so people will look at this. Tomorrow morning, just don't get up. Watch it. Where's mom? You know, and she's dead or something. She's not up. It, it shouldn't have to fall to that person. The whole message in today's show for the welfare of children and everyone 
is we must develop our us quotient and not just our intelligence quotient. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Now... Does your family have an unwritten seating chart that is honored by family members when sitting at the table? No, why? It just, anyone that comes in, it just first come, first serve. Because <laughs> if you, our family's real large, so grab your chair. That's all there's to it. There's no, there's that's no so assigned important. seating. Did you know that children have tonsillitis and infections in Jensen's study at Harvard? More often if they don't sit in the same chairs at dinner. Why is that? Do you know, I know, see, this, that's why you're hearing groans and you're seeing a percentage breakdown in this audience equivalent to what you quoted as the percentages in the beginning of the show. It's because there's something within us that wants things done with dignity and regularity. It's this constant disruption that disrupts the immune system. And let me tell you, those little things make a big difference. You can talk about attitude and positive thought and all of that. And if I can be vulgar for a moment, what matters is what you do, not just what you say. You can say, I love my family, but somebody's got to clean up the bathroom after somebody was sick. And those people who do that know what family is. Behavior precedes motivation. It's what you do, not just what you say. Does your family have a cooperative and mutually honored system for loaning clothing and other goods, a code of family conduct regarding who can use what, when, how, and for how long? We've done many shows on families that do not. I saw your family show where they were, remember neighbors? You see the neighbors show that Oprah did where people were fighting and battling? <laughs> You know, whatever happened to the idea, here are the rules. Yeah. What'd you say? I have a comment about that. Right now, at this present time, I do not know where half of my things are in my closet. My sister has one. A couple of my friends have a couple of outfits. I have no idea where my clothes are. You see how it's a challenge to even is? put something on in the morning. I have to call everybody and say, <laughs> do you have my black top? You know, that's... Yeah, because, because they haven't respected your goods. Well, I don't respect theirs either. I have them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, final question. Are there family phrases that are said to one another, just for luck, such as be careful or don't forget to call or do you have your comb? It's Why is that like important? superstition. Why? You know, it, it, again, it's that sense of continuity. You ever leave the house and say, gee, mom didn't say drive careful, and she always says drive carefully, and she must be mad at me. It just feels safe, and we saw a family who had lost one of the members, and they all went around the casket and said, drive carefully. And I asked, why? Well, we just always say that when someone leaves. It just makes us feel like one. And I'm sure all of you have your little, it may be, get home on time, stupid. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's still the same thing. And if we don't look to that, we feel very alone. Haven't you ever wondered, why didn't she say goodbye? When you hung up, you didn't say, love ya. 
you know, it, and you feel sort of disrupted, and so is your body. Can you sense an even flow to your family daily activities with everyone seeming to feel a part of that flow? Are times of family member uh, returns and leaving smooth and easy as opposed to hectic, loud, and disorganized? Does your family seem to be synchronized most of the time with everyone knowing what's going on when things are supposed to be happening and what family plans are? Does the word get out clearly in your family with everyone hearing what time and where something's supposed to be happening and what is expected of each family member. No matter what family members are around, does your family seem to run as smoothly and easily when everyone is present as compared to when only some family members are present? Does your home feel calm? I know this, this makes me laugh because I know the people who can't even hear this question because of all the noise going on now. <laughs> does your home feel calm, easygoing, and comfortable? <laughs> Do all family members feel peaceful and safe in your home? Are there times when there are no radio, television, or other appliance noises serving as constant family background? How many of you answered yes to that? Yeah? When is that? When everybody's sleeping? When, when there's no one home but me. <laughs> <laughs> you say what, yeah? I agree, when there's no one home but me. I work in a, in a school and I like to come home and have it quiet. But usually is there like a hum? The, who has a house that's just filled with chaos? all of the time. I'm not going to say all the time, just at dinner time, and it wasn't always like that uh -huh. until you went on TV at five o'clock at home, uh -huh. and she has to tape you, so we no longer well, have... That's really fine, though. <laughs> yeah. We no longer have Grace, and we no longer have a conversation because she's taping Oprah. Have Grace, though. <laughs> Ha ha. Just in case. <laughs> okay, just in case. So why is that important? Well, you know what really happens in appliance addiction, and it's subtle. That's why some of you think about it and you may not recognize it. Yeah. Dishwashers, for example. Some people have to fill them. We have mothers that are like magnets. If they go downstairs, they feel that they better pick something up while they're down there. Yeah. You know, I better did it and take it up. So that what happens is there isn't any steady rhythm. It's always like you're doing and I've got to get something. And you don't just, as you said, the only time it's really quiet here is when there isn't any family here or when there's something wrong. You can get dead silence when somebody's really angry, like, uh-oh, mom steamed. And it, but in terms of just that dignity of the home and feeling that energy just go and flow daily, that sounds corny to us right now. We say, what, you're out of your mind. I'm too busy to spend time feeling my family. Well, how do you I'm get doing. your home, how do you get back to that state? Because if you live in the kind of house where the TV is always on, it's sort of background noise. You do, you sort of become accustomed to it. Or stereo's on, or someone's talking on the phone, or the phone's ringing, and the dishwasher's running, and the, all the other appliances are on. How do you get back to that state? And I wish, because I see all the psychologists on television with all the simple, simple answers, it ain't simple. Let me tell you right now, what you need to do is make a decision what will come first, your career, your children, your marriage, or your family. If the family unit comes first, you will make time for this. And you will say, some of you fight for this. You say, we will spend some time together and we were going to shut up and be quiet. And you have a hard time doing that. It's not going to work if you say, we're still going to try to tape Oprah. I don't want to ruin Oprah here. Please. We're going, to, we're going to watch Oprah, yeah. but you can't do it all. <laughs> and many of you are trying to do it all. You've heard about the superwoman complex and the superfamily complex. You have to make hard decisions. Psychology has become the study of the id by the odd. Weirdos advising you about all these great lifestyles, but it still comes back to the attitude of, I'm going to make more time for my family. If this show accomplishes anything for children, it will help you recognize 
that we don't make enough time for us. It's getting to be what I call the opera syndrome. Yeah. I, 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 me, me, me. Yeah. You all are the family that wrote on the survey this morning. You said, we are in trouble. We need help. And the reason for that is what? Our family is like a family that has been brought together because we both have different parents. And when I was younger, when we were younger, it seemed like mom was always working, but we were all together still. But it seems like now a lot of things that are real petty, like dishes and cleaning the house, it just seems to just cause a total argument with the house. And you said, Mom, you're the mother here, right? And you said on your survey, it would work out better if everybody wasn't so selfish, right? Right. Uh -huh. My daughter has a son. He's four months old. That's her life. When she comes home, she takes care of him, regardless how the house looks. My youngest one, she has school. She reads, no matter how junky the house is. My husband, he has soccer. In the summertime, I mean, no matter what it is, he will go play soccer. Rain, snow, sleet, storm, he will play soccer, you know? And so what is it, that, what do you want? What do you wish would happen? Them to come and sit down at the dinner table in the kitchen mm -hmm. and have dinner. Mm -hmm. We could be there, and if her boyfriend is there, she's not gonna be there at the table. If the baby's crying, she's not gonna be there at the table. If there's news on or a game on, and it's on cable, forget it. He's gone. He's gonna watch that game. If she's into a book, Forget it. We'll be in that bathroom with the door closed. <laughs> Your wife says she would just like for you to just one time turn off that cable television, forget about the game, everybody sit down at the table at one time. Do you think that's important? Well, yeah, it's important to sit down with the family, uh -huh. but the game is also important. The game's also important. Yeah. What is more important? Well, the family is. Uh -huh. But the family is always there, we're always together. Uh -huh. Do you see that what she's saying is important? Yes, it is. It mm -hmm. is important. Mm -hmm. But it's not a big deal. Not a big deal. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Whether not, uh -huh. Soccer is a big deal. Mm -hmm. In the summertime when he plays soccer, mm -hmm. he goes to practice every day, Tuesday through Friday. Then there's every game on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And he spends the whole day at the soccer field. Okay. Do you know? I can see it upset you. I can it see is. it. I can see a lot. I can see it. On holidays, 4th of July and Memorial Day. Uh -huh. Do you know he went to New York to play a soccer game and we were here? I can tell that you're really kind of ticked about it. <laughs> All right, Paul, I'll let you interact with him. What do you want to say? Well, you know, I understand. you can hear the pain in your voice, and you can hear the helplessness in your voice. You know, you know, everything's important. I love my family, but I'm not going to miss a soccer game. That's my life, too. It, you have a lot of company. Let me begin with that. It doesn't mean your family's broken. It doesn't mean you failed as a mother. It doesn't mean you failed as a father. That was a therapeutic approach before, to find who's at fault for this. My first warning is do not think individually. Don't say if that son-of-a-gun husband of mine would give up half his soccer, we'd be better off. The only way out of this is to say, what will each of us give to this family in terms of minutes? You begin there. Will we give 15 minutes a week? That's all I'm asking. Each of us. 15. To this, I asked for 15 minutes. 15. She's, short, she's shaking her head. She won't. I understand what my mother is saying. But being that she's upset because she thinks that we're not all together, she, in turn, goes to work, and she stays at work from, like, 7 to 11 at night. That is, like, her rebelling against us. So I really don't believe, I mean, I believe that she wants us to be together, but I think that what she wants us to do is, first of all, she wants us to take the first step, and being that it's most important to her, I think that she should take now, the first careful. step. Be careful. Be very us. careful. Hear the language. Here Everybody watching, hear the language. Yeah. She, he, I, me. You don't hear us. Don't ever ascribe motivation to anybody. You know, she really values this more. He as soon as you tell somebody else how they feel, 
the family's going to fight. Remember what I said in the beginning of the show? Behavior comes before feeling. You are indoctrinated by psychology and psychiatry the opposite. If we can change how we feel, we'll have a better family. I am telling you right now, you change your behavior, and you, instead of saying to, it's, well, my mother doesn't do it. Have you ever seen kids do that? I'll do it if she does, you first, not me. If I will, if you will. You give up soccer, I'll give up part of my job, I'll be home for dinner. I'm telling you now, I only asked you for 15 minutes to agree on that 15 minutes. Will we be able to be together? And now watch how corny this is. Watch them get mad at me. During that 15 minutes, you will be quiet. You won't say a word. And now watch what happens. Say, no, all we're going to do is hold hands. That's, you hear the laughter? I've had kids say, my brother touched me. I'll break his face. <laughs> if you can't connect, Oprah said on one of her shows, when all the remember when the families were fighting and the relatives and the neighbors were fighting? She said, if two houses beside each other can't get along, what hope is there for world peace? If that sounds too dramatic, it isn't. If you, can't, if you tell me, doctor, we can't find 15 minutes, and I won't if he doesn't, then you need more professional help. I believe you can. Look at the smiles that were on your face. You know down deep that it starts with you. Your question was what? We used to at my house when my sisters and I would fight, my mom would send us to our room and we had to hold hands in a circle and say one nice thing about all of us. And there's six of us. And we were not allowed to leave the room until something nice came out of our mouth. And it worked. And we would all laugh at each other. Yeah, yeah. I bet that was funny too, trying to think of something else. <laughs> well, we'd all sit there and it'd be like, We'd make some, we'd say anything just to get out of the room, and then we'd leave, and it'd be like, I didn't mean it. <laughs> That's okay. But it That's made okay, us sit but look at the smiles on your face. And do it. And yeah. um, same with dinner. We are at home at six o'clock, and people come to our house and go, You all are eat here? And it's like, Yeah, my mom makes dinner every night. And we sit down, even if it's for 15 minutes. And it's magic. And people come in when we're going out, and they wait for us, and they sit at our dinner table while we eat and get ready to go. And when one person comes in, like when we have guests with seating, we all sit in the same place. And like when I started having a boyfriend, it's like, where does he sit? What do we do with him? You know? And my, he would sit in my sister's spot, and my sister would go, that, this is my That's the family seat. unity. Uh, even this in my family, we've been sitting watching TV. You ever have dinner as a family and watch TV? Terribly wrong. And we'll do this, and I've had my son say, shut up, I think Oprah said something important. <laughs> You know, and we're watching Oprah, and I thought, why don't we turn her off? You know, and tape that and watch it when we have more time. It's those little commitments. And it was funny when you said when you we had to say Because when you tape it, I don't get the rating point. That's okay, so <laughs> turn your TV on with Oprah and watch it later. But it was very interesting to watch that you said we had to say something nice. We had families do that, and they'd say corny things. And afterwards, they said, I didn't mean it. You're an absolute fool. But I promise you, as a researcher, after 20 years, what I did with all of my patients, you change your behavior first. You've been taught the opposite. If I felt more love for you, I'd treat you with respect. If you earned it, if your vocabulary has too many you's, I's, and they's, rather than us and we, that's the number one symptom of family distress and child suffering. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. How is what you are now doing, not doing with your family? How is the fact that you don't have any kind of rituals in the family, nobody sits down at the same time, nobody says grace, there's no dignity, as you say, in the family. How does that affect the children? Well, certainly what's happened in our society, there's a paradox. We say children are the most important thing in the world, yet they are notoriously neglected because we spent most of our time trying to make sure we do just what's right. I'm telling you now, children are not the most important thing. They're way down the list. What's most important is family. They have to be part of this. And when we made them in charge, I don't know if you're like I am as a parent, but I always feel that I do enough. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. Did you ever lose your temper and blast them? And then God protects them because at night, they look so innocent in bed. It's like, how could I have said that to that little animal? You know, and, and I'm just trying to give you the support that the only way out of that is to realize that those kids are part of a system. They are part of a family. And when that system falls apart, that's when you get the savagery because the children want ritual, rhythm, significance, reverence in the family. They'll ask for it and show it. When they don't get it, they'll rebel. And I promise you, their families too will be disjointed because this is spreading. These children come from homes that don't take this time and their homes are like that. And then we're all lost. Yeah. Who wanted to comment? Yes, yes. I'd just like to say a compliment to my husband. When we had our first child, who's eight months old now, Jim promised before we even had him that he would help me every night with the breastfeeding. And so for the first four and a half months until I stopped, Jim would always go in, bring Philip into me, and really participated and played a part in that. And it was really a nice way to bring our first child up into this, this world as a right. family. It was really nice. That's us. You hear the vocabulary is different. It's yeah. us. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's not me. My husband and I are, well, I'm on maternity leave right now, and I have a toddler and an infant. My husband and I sat down and figured out when we would be leaving in the morning, who would pick up the kids and who would, who would take them in the morning. We'll get up at 6 in the morning or maybe 5.30, and we'll get home that night at 7, 7.30, and the kids go to bed at 8.30. And then I think what we do between 7 and 8.30 is maybe we'll eat, we'll take the bath, you know, play a little bit, get them ready for bed, have a bottle, and you're in bed. That doesn't seem like a whole heck of a lot of time. It's not, and I think one reason the book has been so popular and so controversial is I wish I had the good cliche answer, but I don't. Let me tell you this. A mother and father both working is one of the most difficult human experiences in the world. To raise a child is a full-time experience. Did you know the human brain is only about one-eighth developed at birth? Some of us stay that, that way, I spoke. But it takes seven-eighths of development. So what I'm saying is it, it won't work. What you're going to see happening are shared careers instead of two separate careers. Daycare centers won't work. I don't care what psychologists are telling you. There's guilt. Many mothers we're seeing now that are 40 and 50 say, I want my career. I'm a woman. But doggone it, I feel bad that I didn't spend that time. And men saying the same thing. So it's going to have to change. I'm not going to say that it's going to work the way it's working. Yeah. Well, Doctor, I have a question dealing with parental values and how love of one child, say in a family of five, can be displayed by the dollar value of, say, gifts and yeah. clothing and things like that. What would you have well, to say? Well, that's what I mean by it's, it's an obligatory parenting. We've lost the sacredness of living. 
There's a psychologist who once pointed out that those who search for miracles miss the point that every day is a miracle. You see? So what we end up doing is feeling an obligatory parenting. And we forget the joy of it. So when we really enjoy the kids, we're somewhat surprised. We'll say, that was fun. I wish we wouldn't lie to each other as parents. That's what's happening in families. How's your child doing? Fine, he's four years old, applying to Harvard, and he'll be in soon. <laughs> Rather than saying, that little bugger drives me nuts, I wish I never had him. I mean, you do wish you had him, but I wish you'd just tell your other friends that I hate this. <laughs> One mother said, I take my child everywhere, but he always finds his way home. You say what? To me, family is very important, and when I had my son 11 months ago, I asked that my husband change his shift. He worked a midnight shift, yeah. and we didn't have that continuity of meals and all, and I didn't really care because we were just single and, you know, just each yeah. other. Now that I had my son, you know, subconsciously, I guess I was trying to get that continuity, and now I make him sit down and turn the TV off. I'm trying to instill that early, and I just, you know, I think it's very important for That's the future. That's what it's going to take. It's not going to be a simple-minded psychologist telling you. It's going to take a massive rebellion where people find the 15 minutes, turn off the television, ask for shift changes, and start giving real credence to If we value our children, we can't anymore say that we'll both work, we'll be together with them one hour a week. Don't fall for the cliche that it's quality, not quantity. Have you ever heard that? Psychologists love to say that. Quality time, not quantity. Baloney. It is both. You still have to spend the time. You have to blow their nose. I'm going to get in trouble for this one, but you have to go in the bathroom and clean the urine off the wall if you have little boys because they <laughs> missed the toilet. Look at the smile. You know what it's like. That's the reality of parenting. That's what we have to face up to, and one person can't do it. You were recently in crisis yourself. Right. You know, I've done a lot of studies about illness and, and the power of attitude and families to heal. And last time I was on the Oprah show, I had a sore back. And for eight months, they kept telling me how sore my back was, and it was just a back injury. Turned out to be a cancerous tumor the size of a soccer ball. They removed it, and they said, boy, the stuff you write about works. Your, your attitude was positive. Your cancer's cured. We're going to x-ray to make sure it's all gone. They said, yes, it is, but you have another form of cancer. And it's a tumor that will kill you. You're, you're going to die. So that's the second time in that year I was going to die. It's called an indolent tumor, which means it just goes on and on and you finally die. They said, but there is a bone transplant program, and you may have heard of this, where we can take your bone marrow out, give you radiation that's lethal, chemotherapy, and we can kill that tumor and cure it. So I went to Harper Hospital of Detroit, had a bone marrow transplant, and cured my cancer. However, uh, after that was over, you have no immune system. This kind of system really kills it for a while until about a year passes. And I caught a terrible virus and almost died. Was in intensive care four weeks ago with a tube down my throat. And I am telling you now that the only thing that saved me was not just positive attitude. And not that that's not important, but you've heard shows about this that think positively and everything else. It's very hard sometimes when you're laying there to think positively. When they say you're going to die, did you tell your wife you're never going to make this? What really works is family, being connected. Now you're going to be amazed at this. When my wife would touch me, sometimes the energy would be so strong, you'd, you ever felt that? It's not just electric shock from the carpet, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's that power. And I could feel my family dragging me back. So I just don't want to fault the person who says, well, you got sick because you had a wrong attitude, and you didn't think healthy enough, that's why you got sick. The real value is in connection and in us. The world and the individual sick person is going to survive if we ever learn an us quotient instead of an I quotient. You say what? Yes. Well, my husband just died a few months ago, and I felt more a part of his family than I ever have in the eight years that we were ever together. And they've really one... pulled together and helped me get through all this, me and my daughter. 
if I've learned anything in working in hospitals in my own crisis too, and losing family members, is that the only growth in the world comes from crisis. It is amazing, and I'm gonna sound a little resentful here. Did you ever see these perfect little Ozzie and Harriet families? Mommy and daddy and two perfect kids and no problems. Did you ever ask yourself, why me? Am I the only one that has these kind of families with problems? Let me tell you, people lie. We all have those crises, and that's where you grow. You say, I have a 15-year-old son, and uh, right now we're going through a crisis. Uh, he was a drug addicted, and he just got out of a rehab center. Yeah. Right now he's going to his NA, NA meetings, and, uh, and we're going to meetings now, too, for this. So has the family pulled together? We try to work as a team and everything. It was very hard at first. We tried to get him to have dinner with us and to spend time with us, and he does trail behind. It's not cool to walk with your parents. and <laughs> It's very hard. We're working on it right now. And that's all you can do. And I, I don't want to give the message that, as I said, all families aren't Ozzie and Harriet. We all have our crises. No families it, are Ozzie and Harriet. I hope not. Not even Ozzie and Harriet were Ozzie and Harriet. <laughs> well, yeah. remember that? Good morning, David. Good morning, Ricky. Gee, yeah. my paper route's not doing well. Oh, my God. And you have this real legitimate problem. Yeah. But that's a family. And I'm not saying you're going to smile through it, but the only hope you have out of it is the unit, not just a psychiatrist. Yeah. Who wanted to say something here? Yes. Yes, ma'am. We have to stop assuming that our families know how we feel about right. the importance of that, too, and verbalize it. In our particular case, we move in the last 10 years, have lived in four different states. And we've adopted the idea with our kids and, and told them many times. The only thing that's important is that we get there as a group because if we get to where we want to go and we're alone, that's not what we want. The whole idea of the, of the journey is to get there together. There's no question about it. And, and the whole survival of our world depends on it, Absolutely. as awesome as that sounds. But then we'll leave here and some of us will say, I got a shop, I'm gonna call my husband. We call it the refrigerator family. There'll be a note on the refrigerator. Dinner in oven, heat till 350, see you later. Marge Smith, social security number, such and such, <laughs> instead of really making that commitment. If we don't do it, all the psychology books in the world won't change anything. And our companies need to also adopt this family attitude and, you know, let our families know that as a family, they're valuable to us as companies. We happen to be fortunate enough that we work for a very family-oriented company, and that's made all the difference in the but world to us. that's the danger, because success in our world Thank is individual. You. It's totally individual. Nobody cares about my family as a doctor or an author. They just care that I'm successful. We have to start asking, are we successful? Well, I think for everybody who's watching this show today, that if those of you who are part of families and have families, if you would do exactly what you said, just know that it begins with you and start today taking, maybe if you can't get 15, get five. Absolutely. And it's gonna be very awkward at first because if your family is used to being in chaos and everybody running in different directions, it's gonna be very, very difficult to sit down and say, let's just sit here for a minute. That's gonna feel weird, is it not? It's going to feel very alien, mm -hmm. but the, the hope in this is once you do it, you might laugh, you might argue. That's why I say be quiet during that time because the tendency is to argue and talk because you haven't really communicated. But once the connection is made, that's what I tried to point out about my own crisis, there is something spiritual about this. And I realize that we're not supposed to talk like that as scientists. But let me tell you, there is something that happens. If you make that small step, it will change everything. Paul's book is called The Power of the Family. We hope that you will take heed and do something to mend your family today. The Power of the Family. Thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you, Paul, for Thank being you. with us. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, the podcast.
I thank you for listening.